Alright legends, welcome back dude to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly, okay? This podcast refuses to stop (laughs) and that is a threat, alright? That is a threat. I'm sorry to start so aggressively, I will admit I am on edge this week, yesterday when I was recording the second half of this podcast with Rowan, a sizable huntsman crawled out from behind one of these paintings here and then crawled back behind it and I haven't been able to find it since. So living with a huntsman at the moment, sharing the studio with a huntsman, it's not the biggest deal in the world, but it's also not the smallest deal in the world, okay? Like it doesn't matter but also it's something that is happening right now. So I might be a bit off kilter today, especially when you consider the size of my bedroom. I mean, I'm going to have to start charging this thing rent because the price I'm paying for this shoebox, the very least I expect is privacy. So to now be cohabitating uh, with a species of animal I am traditionally quite afraid of, it's not exactly, it hasn't really revved my week up. If anything, it's sort of thrown it into chaos. But I'm not that scared of spiders anymore since I've been doing landscaping with Adzi because when you're working in gardens and just chopping shit down and picking up mulch and stuff, you realize there's just spiders everywhere. They're just everywhere all the time. And most, like, probably twice a day, I'll look down at my arm or my leg and there's a spider crawling on there and then you just sort of flick them off. Okay, most spiders are actually pretty relaxed customers. I've grown to find out. It turns out because my impression of spiders was from Steve Irwin growing up, where he'd hold up the funnel web or the trap door or whatever, and this thing would be, you know, on its hind legs, threatening to bite him. And he's like, he'd be like, look at that. Look at that. This thing is ready to strike. And that gave me the impression that spiders were just sort of you know, gunslingers whipping around town, locked and loaded at all times, ready to just lay some bloke out at a moment's notice. But I think that's really only their attitude if you sort of rip them out of their hole and put them on Channel 10 on Sunday at 6.30pm. I think if you just sort of leave them alone, they've they've got their own stuff going on, whether that be spinning a web uh, or otherwise, okay? And so I'm not really that scared of spiders anymore, but if I had a choice, if you'd put a gun to my head, you know, if Steve Irwin ripped me out of my hole and put me on Channel 10 and said, would I rather have a a sizable huntsman in my room or not have it? I would have to look one of Australia's greatest icons in the eye and say, Steve, I'd honestly rather not have it. So that's the energy of this podcast. I'll be looking over my shoulder and which is, which is a new look for Get Around Me. You know, me, nervous, second-guessing myself, looking over my shoulder. I mean, traditionally, this podcast has been built on blind confidence. Me talking about topics I know almost next to nothing about with the confidence of someone who's researched them for upwards of 12 years. Not some guy who just skimmed an article on the Daily Mail. Okay, so it's a new vibe. Uh, the, The spider may present himself during the podcast. We may have a guest on today's episode. And I checked behind the paintings, and he's not there. 
But what's worse than a spider? Uh, would you rather have a spider up on the wall where you can see it? Or the one that disappears? Because this one has disappeared and the spider that's nowhere is the spider that's everywhere. Okay? When he was behind the painting and I knew he was there, that's where he was. Okay? I don't want to get too metaphysical with this. But last night when I was going to sleep, when I couldn't find him anymore, now he's in the bed. He's in my mouth, you know? He's, he's crawling around, rifling through my possessions. Like, the possibilities are endless when you lose a spider. You, you know, the enemy you know is, is better than whatever, okay? However the saying goes, I'm too rattled to complete it, okay? So anyway, let's crack into this podcast. I feel like I'm a hostage in my own fucking bedroom. <laughs> so a couple of retractions from last week, guys. <laughs> I think we're up to four retractions this year already. Uh, has March completed yet? It hasn't, guys. It hasn't. We're going for the record. Third retraction of the year. We're looking at one retraction a month, which is a pretty healthy amount. Last week, uh, I said they were bringing in betting on WWE and that what, what what's next? You can't bet on the Green Goblin turning up in Spider-Man. And I was joking around and laughing. Ha, 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 ha. What a truly wild concept that would be. You know, I, it, it was vintage comedy from from yours truly and that I was comparing the current situation to an even more ridiculous version an even more ridiculous hypothetical what can you bet on the green goblin turning up in spider-man oh we laughed and we laughed here at get around me and it turns out guys that you've been able to bet on wwe for years and you can also actually bet on whether or not the green goblin will turn up in spider-man so I don't know what article I read. I think they're bringing it in the WWE betting in America. I think I misread it. As far as the Green Goblin thing, my hands are up. I was just wrong. Okay, that seemed ridiculous to me. But I received many DMs uh, pointing out what an idiot I was. And those DMs received the same response, but on a spectrum of tone. In that the first couple of blokes who messaged me, I said, ha ha. Oh, old doy, <laughs> I'm an idiot, lol, bit of banter, you know, whoops, this sort of stuff. Um, by the 15th bloke who messaged me saying, Bill, you know, you've actually been able to bet on WWE for years. It was more like the tone of the response was, all right, mate, I fucking get it. Okay. Don't interrupt my Thursday. So wherever you fell on that spectrum, please don't take it personally. It had nothing to do with you. And everything to do with the order in which the messages came. So if you're first in, hey, we had some lighthearted bants in the DMs and I'm happy to assist. If you were the 15th bloke to message me last week about the WWE thing, mate, I'm sorry I said that about your family, okay? I took it back then and I take it back now. But it started to grate on me. <laughs> so retraction, okay? Retraction. And secondly on this, if you can bet on the Green Goblin turning up in Spider-Man... Can some of the, the faithful nerds who listen to this pod, I know you're out there, the Marvel guys, the, the people who know about this stuff, can we send some tips in? You know, I'm coming up with the worst betting tips of all time, week in, week out. And these guys have inside knowledge on whether or not the Green Goblin will be turning up at $2.10 in the Avengers, and I'm receiving no comms. You know what I mean, lads? Have a look at yourselves, okay? Have a look at yourselves. 
Speaking of betting, just one more retraction before we go any further. On Saturday, maybe Friday, I put up what can only be described as one of the more aggressive Instagram stories the East Coast has seen. Uh, I was shirtless, okay? (laughs) I repeat, you ever seen a guy so confident in a betting tip, he posts that tip while shirtless? With with a with a with an average rig as well, okay. I'm not sort of, you know, I'm not the top G hitting hitting fucking kickboxing bags with a six pack and a shiny bald head, you know. It's not it's not my traditional vibe to jump on Instagram stories shirtless. But such was the confidence I had in this tip, okay. I said that Australia's King Casey O'Neill was going to win in disgusting fashion. I said, bet the house. I said, would you like some free money? I also uh, quipped that her opponent, Jennifer Meyer, uh, a Brazilian fighter, I quipped that her last name was actually Portuguese for who gives a fuck, okay? Which was which was hilarious at the time, wasn't it? Well, I tell you who gave a fuck, Jennifer Meyer, as she came out and put on an absolute clinic. And unfortunately, our very own King Casey O'Neill uh, lost decisively on points, okay? She didn't look good out there, our gal. She's coming back from a pretty serious knee injury, so no harm, no foul. She will be back. I apologize for the crap tip, uh, and, you know, whatever, okay? I said it was going to be Lord of the Rings 3, whatever. That was two towers. She will be back. The thing about me is once I get on trains, I do not get off them, okay? So I will continue to follow... King Casey O'Neill onwards. And those are the retractions from last week. Also, while I'm here, my Melbourne Comedy Festival shows start next week, Wednesday, March 29, through to April 9. Buy some tickets to the first couple of nights. You know, it'll be good for my mental health uh, to fill up the first couple of nights. And then, you know, the word of mouth will just be like a virus spreading over that fantastic city. So Melbourne... Come on out, March 29 to April 9. Brand new show coming at you. Going to be sick. Schooners after guaranteed. Then after that, I'm going to Perth, Brisbane, Newcastle, Canberra, Adelaide, Wollongong, Sydney. You can get all those tickets via the link in my Instagram bio, dude. So hope to see you there. Now, what have I been up to? If you can't tell by the first 12 minutes of this podcast... Not a lot, dude, okay? It's a great time to be Billy Darcy in that Mandalorian has returned, Star Wars, okay? A lot of people say they, they're they surprised when they hear I'm a big Star Wars fan. I don't know why that would be the case. I love I love this idea that I'm giving off some, some rogue alpha jock energy, like I would beat up people who like Star Wars or something. But I love Star Wars. I don't know how you, how you could grow up as a fully-fledged, I'm not going to say individual, because I guess a lot of girls don't like Star Wars. A lot of girls do like Star Wars. I don't want to get into the gender politics of being a Star Wars fan right now, but all I know is that when me and my brother were eight years old and blokes started throwing fucking hands with laser beam swords, that caught my attention, okay? So call me a simple-minded eight-year-old, but I don't know what you guys were into at that age, But this was something that really caught my attention. And The Mandalorian is fucking fierce at the moment, dude. It's so good. I will say, uh, be careful out there getting too high and watching Star Wars. I was watching... I got blazed and and treated myself to The Mandalorian the other night. 
and it's a slippery slope because I started thinking too big picture, which you don't want to do with Star Wars. You just want to enjoy enjoy it as it comes. Don't question it. Okay, I got too blazed. I started thinking, who's paying the stormtroopers? Like these stormtroopers are everywhere. All they do is work. You don't you don't really see them have any recreation time. You know, it must be like going to the mines. Their pay must be unbelievable. And then I start thinking, how does the empire have so much money? Like, where does it come from? And then I thought, well, they control everything. But then I was thinking, how could these people give their lives to the empire? These stormtrooper guys, you know, they're scum. I started to really hate them. Like, I just thought, you pieces of shit. Like, I thought this is just nationalism gone wrong. This is a sickness. How could you put the empire before before the the wants and needs or the, the rights of your fellow man. And then I started thinking, well, fuck, they probably didn't have a choice. You know, they probably got stolen from their families at a young age. You know, maybe they, they lost their families. Maybe I don't know. Okay, I'm, I can only guess it was a last-ditch effort for these people. Maybe they're sending their empire pay back to their home world, you know, providing for the family, some sort of a tie-bride-type situation. Except instead of having sex with a 63-year-old white man, they're shooting, they're shooting at Jedi, okay? Who am I to judge them? And, and, then, and then I realized, I just sort of spiraled for 20 minutes and realized I hadn't paid attention to the actual television that whole time. I was thinking about the, the socioeconomic factors behind the empire and what could drive people to serve them. So... Don't get too high while watching Star Wars, guys. I think that's what I'm trying to say, is that, hey, let's have a couple of hits and let's watch The Mandalorian. Let's stop there, okay? Because you go too far, you start really peeking behind the curtain and it's not as enjoyable. So that's what I've been up to. I just finished the US office as well. It was a, There was a crossover of two weeks of The Mandalorian being back and me still finishing the office. And wow, what a time that was to be relaxing in Billy Darcy's body. Holy shit, dude. I was having the time of my life. And the US office, I've been telling, people are like, what are you watching at the moment? I said, mate, I've just about to finish the US office and I watched every episode. There's like 400 of them. I want to say, that's a lie. I want to say there's about 200 episodes of the office and I've chewed through them over the last four months. And there's nothing better than when you have that up your sleeve, like that anxiety blanket show. Just that show where you just go, under any circumstances, here's 25 minutes of good times and great classic hits. You know, just something to just numb me, okay? Because sometimes you come home from a long day at work, then you've gone and done comedy. And, you know, you just, you, you come home, you don't feel like saving Middle Earth or fighting the empire. It's too stressful. But you can always you can always mill around a low a low stress administrative job and have some laughs in the office. So it's great to have that show up your sleeve. Knowing you can always go to it no matter what. Now I'm at a loss. I'm thinking, should I go back through scrubs? Is it has enough time passed? Do am I ready to go back through how I meet your mother? My gut tells me I'm not. I got a lot on my plate, guys, okay? I am stressed. But the thing with The Office is when you tell people, firstly, I love the UK office. I watched the UK office about 20 times. This is my first time completing the US office. The problem with The Office is when you tell people uh, you're watching the US or the UK office, 
they pretty much pin you up against a wall and pull a knife to your throat and make you fucking swear on, on your family lineage whether or not you prefer the US or the UK version in what has got to be one of the dumbest questions of all time, okay? I'm, I, I've been answering this question ad nauseum recently and I'm sick of it, okay? I'm sick of it. I reject the question. What about this? I reject the very premise, you fucking nosy cunt, okay? You pop culture whore. Firstly, they're both great, obviously, and that's not a cop-out. But secondly, you can't really answer that question because the only correct answer to that question, I believe, is either the UK office is better, people that say that, I will respect your decision. People that say they're both phenomenal, can't pick them, I respect that as well because the third answer of saying the US office is better than the UK office. We don't have the US office without the UK office. It's null and void, okay? Without the UK office, the US office doesn't exist. Are you telling me that a show that wouldn't exist is better than the UK office? Because that's what you've just said out loud and it's infuriating, okay? So just either enjoy them both I don't know. Just leave me out of it is what I'm trying to say because people get so fired up about The Office and it's like, mate, it's all good, okay? It's all good. They're both phenomenal. The US is standing on the shoulders of the UK and if we can align ourselves, if we can work as closely as a military unit as as we have on these two fantastic sitcoms, guys, China is shitting themselves, all right? If we can get an Australian version of The Office that has as much venom and potency as the previous two versions and then use that very same ingenuity and cooperation to form a united front against communism on the world stage, wow. Democracy manifest. <laughs> so that's what I've been up to, guys. That's what I've been up to. Anyway, sorry, the wheels are off on this one and it's because the huntsman's behind me, okay? I'm not going to pretend that this is a traditional episode the wheels are off i am being held hostage and i'm scared okay and the other thing with this huntsman is it's big enough to the point where i honestly don't want to kill it i want to attempt to free it but and the thing with huntsman is people say oh they're friendly mate they don't bite they're not poisonous okay and that's fine but here's the thing is, if they're not poisonous and they don't bite, which I'm not contesting, what do they move around in such a creepy fashion? You know, they've got, does any, does any spider move with more like gangliness than the huntsman? It's like, it's got eight legs, but it's like, are they in communication with each other? The huntsman has that vibe where it's like every leg is just running its own race. That's the vibe. It's like just rabid. Okay, if the Huntsman was a person, it would be homeless in Austin. These things freak me out, dude. And anyway, again, let's get back to the episode. So, yarn from the week that was on da, 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 Thursday night. Okay, Thursday night, I was gifted the opportunity of doing a trial show in Sydney. Now, stand up comedy shows traditionally before the festival season. The festival season in Australia for comedy runs from about February through to May, okay? And there's the Adelaide Fringe, the Perth Fringe, the Brisbane Comedy Festival, Melbourne Comedy Festival, Sydney Comedy Festival, other comedy festivals. Anyway, 
before the festival season, a lot of big acts will do trial shows where their agencies will sort of set up shows for them to test like an hour's worth of material in front of random crowds. It's great. But if you're not that big of a comedian, you can't really set up your own shows because then you're sort of dipping into your own fan base. It's not really the vibe. I don't traditionally do it. Anyway, got the opportunity to do 50 minutes at this Joke Lab show. What a fucking sick opportunity this was. And I'm thinking maybe there'll be like 10, 15 people there. I don't know what's going on. And anyway, so I got my show that I've, I've, I usually just work on my show in like 10 minute increments at the clubs around town and then just sort of put it all together. And anyway, so I get this opportunity. I'm pumped. It was like 38 degrees last Thursday. So I, I'll do this if it's like 40 degrees. I wore a t-shirt, drove to the venue and then changed t-shirts when I get there because the Metro has poor air conditioning. In fact, that's a lie. I was trying to impress you. The aircon doesn't work. Okay. It has heating. Okay. So in, in winter, I'm living la vida loca. In summer, I got no aircon. Not the biggest deal. So anyway, I get to the venue. I change my t-shirt. And this is something I obviously don't traditionally do. Got all my notes. I'm like, look like I'm a fucking admin nerd. I'm filled to the brim with notes and pens and shit. And I'm ready to go. And I slam the door and I go, fuck, something is wrong. And I go, do the old bup, bup, bup. I have locked my keys in the metro. And this isn't the first time this has happened. It's not the first time this has happened at a gig either. This is still not the worst time. The first time I did this, I locked them in my car at Ruti Hill RSL, uh, which is like fucking three hours out west. And then I went and bombed in front of 700 Lebanese people. And then I waited three hours for NRMA to come and unlock my car in one of the worst nights of all time. Oof, shocking stuff. This time, at least I was in a trendier area. So I don't know what that counts for, but then I'm like, fuck. And I realized it's because I took the keys out and then changed shirts and put the keys on the seat next to me. I don't know why I did that. I'm an idiot, okay? So now... Instead of being like, fuck work, you know, thinking about my show. Now I'm thinking, fuck, I got to fucking call some locksmith. Shit. So annoying, dude. There was two acts in the first half, then an interval, then me doing like an hour. Now I was going to, I was going to spend the first half having a beer going over my notes. I'm at the factory theater. It's very trendy. Then this girl off who I follow on Instagram, who I have a big crush on, walks in and I'm thinking, holy shit, is she coming to the joke lab? Then they tell me the joke lab is sold out. There's actually like 60 people there. It's going to be sick, dude. Now I'm like, fuck, there's too much going on. Okay, there's just way too much going on. I've had the most frantic 10 minutes of my goddamn life. Um, no good, okay, no good. This girl I have a crush on is sitting on the table next to me. I got no car keys. I got too many notes, okay? I'd like to have half as many notes, twice as many car keys. That's what I want in this moment, okay? Now I'm, instead of preparing for the hour... I'm already prepared, but instead of going over it, now I'm Googling how to break into your own car. I spent the whole first half of the show trying to break into the metro with sticks I found in the local area. <laughs> Fucking nightmare. Didn't go over my notes at all. It's just shocking. Okay, absolutely shocking. Um, the girl from Instagram was not seeing my show. She was seeing Patty Harrison, who was playing in the bigger room next door. 
Okay, so let's put that to the side. Um, anyway, then I go inside, do the hour. Firstly, it's a trial show environment, the joke lab. So it's one of these things where it's like a new material night where you can take your notes on stage and it's, everyone's accepting that you're doing new material. And so it's very supportive. That's kind of the vibe. Off the rip, I get heckled by some guy, like calls me gay or something. Um, real weird, okay? Like real weird in this like supportive inner West room. So I deal with that. I do the hour. It went great, okay? It was a lot of fun. Let's put that to the side, okay? It was a very supportive room, like whatever. They're great. I'm great. It's all great. Now, no time to rest on my laurels. I have to start contacting locksmiths in the local area to come out and and uh, and help me in my dire situation. Now, here's the deal with this. So, do you ever like clock into an industry and realize that industry is completely dominated by like a certain segment of society? Uh, so, from what I can tell, twenty four seven car locksmiths, exclusively Arab men. Okay, I called about four of them, and it was just like increasingly aggressive Arab men, and. For whatever reason as well, it was like they were in cahoots because the more of them I called, I called about five of them. I was shopping around and like the every single time I called another one, it got more expensive, okay? First guy I call, I go, mate, what do you reckon? He goes, I can be there in 20 minutes, 150 bucks. I go, fucking hell. And here's the thing is this guy said on the website, it said $45. So this 150 has come out of nowhere, Okay. And also he said this, which is just really got my consumer spidey sense going where he said from 150, it depends how hard it is to get into the car. And this has happened to me before. I know it takes them upwards of 17 seconds to get into the car. I also know that my car is 21 years old. I mean, you could pretty much push this thing over and it'll just explode. So anyway... So this from 150, I'm thinking that's probably looking like 250. And then once you've got the car door open, I'm fucked. You know, I've got no leverage once they arrive. My only negotiating power is on the phone. So I call and then, so that guy, I go 150. I go, nah. I call the next guy. He says 160, but he says 160 flat. I go, mate, I don't know about that. He goes, all right, cash. What can you do for cash? I had 55 in my wallet. I said, I got 55 cash in my wallet. Okay. He said, minimum 100. You pay the rest on card. I said, no deal. I said, I'll see you in hell, motherfucker. (laughs) For the record, I said, thank you so much. I will call you back. Okay. I'm an extremely courteous customer. Next guy I call, he goes, 280. Take it or leave it, you piece of shit. Okay. I said, holy fucking whoa. Okay, the last guy's looking unbelievable. Okay, then I call one more guy. He said 340 and he said he'd be like within an hour. I said, mate, you have no idea who you're messing with, hombre. Okay, you think this is my first time calling a 24-7 Arab car locksmith? (laughs) You are out of your depth, mate. Okay, don't ever contact me again. He said, you rang me. I said, shut the hell up. (laughs) So then I call back the second guy. I said, I said, mate, I can do 100 on the card. No further questions. He goes, 150 on the card, 100 cash. I said, what part of no further questions did you not understand? He said, deal, 100 on the card. 
And he said he'd be there in 20 minutes. Mate, this guy, this guy was such a fucking legend. I went to the pub around the corner. It was actually the, turned into be a really good thing because I went to the pub around the corner, had a beer and went over my show while it was fresh in my mind. Plus, I'm all revved up from negotiating with the Arabs. So, I'm fucking living La Vida Loca, mate. I had a crisp schooner. It was still like 32 degrees at like 11 p.m. And uh, went over my show, reordering stuff. I'm rejigging it. I'm also doing that thing where I'm like got a notebook out at the pub. So I'm feeling very mysterious. And then the guy calls me after 25 minutes. He goes, bruh, I'm here. He fucking friendliest guy ever. He pops open the door in 10 seconds flat. A hundo, no funny business. What a legend. He goes, mate, honestly, I shouldn't even be doing it this cheap. I said, brother, I appreciate it. He said, I appreciate you. I said, what are you doing this weekend? You want to get a beer? He said, I have to go. I said, no stress. Thanks for everything. Okay, so just a wild Thursday night. Ups, downs, some more downs, another down, and then an up at the end. And then I drove home with a skip in my step, dude. So wild Thursday night. I will say if you lock your keys in your car, do not be afraid to shop around. If there's anything to learn from this podcast, it's that respect the huntsman in my bedroom and shop around when it comes to Arab car locksmiths because some of these lads are playing hardball. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Lads, it is time to engage in some proper hygiene with the leaders in below-the-waist grooming and experts of men's hair removal. Join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code DARCY, that's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, for 20% off and free shipping. It's time to level up and fully align your hygiene routine with the most stylish and premium grooming products out there. I've been using Manscaped products ever since they came on board here at Get Around Me. I take the lawnmower everywhere with me on the road. You know, you're in Cairns, you're in Perth, you're in Adelaide. You want to be feeling sharp and looking your best And that's what these Manscaped products provide. I use the Lawnmower 4.0 all the bloody time in the shower, not in the shower. It's got the light on the end. So for a daydreamer like me, it's pretty much the safest thing you could ever shove down your pants. And I just love it. And it's it's a sort of thing where it's like when you catch the bus a lot as a teenager and then you get your car license and you're like, oh, I'm never getting the bus again. That's what the the lawnmower 4.0 is. You'll just be like, what the hell was I doing? So if you're looking to upgrade your hygiene and grooming routine, you've got to get around the Manscaped Platinum Package 4.0. The king of this package is the aforementioned lawnmower 4.0. The trimmer offers a ceramic blade and advanced skin safe technology, reducing cuts and nicks on your delicate parts. It also comes equipped with the 4000K LED spotlight. The trimmer is also the perfect size to travel with, if you're a busy traveler such as myself, and it's waterproof if you prefer to shave in the shower. Also, if you don't trim your nose hairs, maybe time to start, lads. You, you can now easily do that with the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. The Weed Whacker also has their proprietary skin safe technology. And a grooming routine isn't complete without applying Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver before showing off your 2023 self. These unique formulations take care of the smelliest part of your body and are a big boost to your confidence. The Platinum Package also comes with 2-in-1 shampoo and conditioner, body wash, and deodorant. 
To complete the set, Manscaped also threw in their shed travel bag and anti-chafing boxer briefs as free gifts. So take advantage of Manscaped's best valued bundle and save 20% off and free shipping with the code DARCY. That's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code word DARCY. Time to save and shave with Manscaped, lads. Get amongst it. Okay, up next, I would like to talk about this drink that is sweeping the world, Prime. Now, obviously, it's not breaking news, but Logan Paul and KSI have a sports energy drink called Prime. It's very popular, and I'm not here to have a go at these two cultural icons, as they appear to be. Now, what caught my eye was, I was whipping around town last week, you know, teaching, teaching the tarmac a lesson in the mighty Mazda Metro, having had my keys returned to me. And I went to a servo, get some petrol, bup, bup, bup. I go to the fridge section to get myself a iced refreshment, okay? A beverage, if you will. Now, I'm looking through all the beverages. Prime, 2095. I'm thinking they're selling six packs of Prime. Is this, is this thing this popular that people are buying six packs of it? You know, like when would you when would you nip out for a six pack of Powerade? You just wouldn't. No one needs that much hydration. At a certain point, after about three Powerades, I'd say I'd say hydration's the least of your worries. You're probably on a fast track to diabetes, my friend. So I thought this was bizarre that the people were buying six packs of this stuff. Then I look a little closer. I was gobsmacked. Okay. One bottle of Prime was $20.95. And this was like, uh, this wasn't some dodgy convenience store. This was a, uh, like an Ampole or a fucking, you know, a BP. It was a franchise. That's what I'm looking for. You know, it was a reputable franchise. And here's the thing, dude. It's like, what the fuck is going on? $21 for one bottle of beverage? It's very, it's very bizarre. And I understand it's very popular. Dude, I honestly, I put that on my Instagram story. I quipped and I quote, for $21, Logan Paul better suck Macker off in front of me. A couple of laughs there, etc. Now, and, and if that was it, I'd leave this, okay? I probably wouldn't even make the pot, okay? I'd get around me. We tackle the big issues. We're not here to talk about fucking sports drinks that YouTubers are making in the, in the various flavors. You think I give a fuck, dude, okay? You think I give a fuck? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry, you got to entertain yourself when you're doing your own pod. And uh, <laughs> I hope it's coming across when I'm serious and when I'm not. Otherwise, this is this could be a real weird one. Anyway, I go to this next convenience store like three hours later, just to get a bottle of water. It was like 38 degrees. And I was driving around and as I've said, my aircon doesn't work. So get a bottle of water, do this next place. And this is one of these like corner convenience stores, Coca-Cola sign, n- not affiliated to any franchise, okay? This isn't a, uh, I don't even know. Damn it. Anyway, we'll insert a reputable convenience franchise in the edit there. But it's one of these dodgy corner stores. One bottle of Prime at this thing, 25 fucking sheets, dude, Okay. And this is what really just, at what point is this entrapment or another big word that fits this better? Because this is just horse shit, dude. Like, firstly, I bought a freaking Powerade at this convenience store, regulation normal Powerade, $5.70. 
I was already ready to wring this cunt's neck over this, okay? And this was chilled. These primes for 25 sheets weren't even chilled. They were like their own shelf. And it's like, and there was this smarmy bloke standing behind the thing. I thought, mate, you are a piece of shit, brother, okay? This doesn't really matter because you don't have to buy prime. I remember when they were doing the COVID tests and uh, the rapid tests at my local pharmacy, they were selling them for $30 for one single test because they were like in demand and no one could get them. That was gross. This though is, and I didn't get, I, I left furious. I thought this is just, you know, you're taking advantage of the demand. Like parents are going to have to buy their kids this shit because they're so ravenous for it. It was just gross. It was like the most disgusting side of capitalism. I hate it when poor people get one over other poor people. It's like this bloke who runs this convenience store, right? You're not doing well, brother. You're freaking, you're hocking milky bars and Powerades, okay? Show me to your three-story house. There's not even any aircon in here, okay? So it's like, do you really have to turn around and turn the gun on your fellow, your fellow class members, charging them $24 for Prime? It's gross. And then I was at Woolies yesterday doing some shopping and there's kids running everywhere. I thought it was maybe an Easter egg hunt or something. I didn't know what was going on. And they were all looking for Prime. They were ravenous for this beverage. And they were all like 11 years old. And I didn't. I don't really get Logan Paul. Like, I like Logan Paul. I think he's like cool or whatever. Like, I'm in for it. I don't like understand KSI at all. Like, I guess it's more of a pommy thing. But um, like Logan Paul's been on heaps of my favorite podcasts. So I've, I've copped a bit of him through that. I get it. Okay, I'm all about this guy. Love him. Would have a beer with him, etc. Sure. Okay, not knocking Logan Paul. Don't understand KSI, but whatever. Let's have let's have a bit of that as well. I mean, I'm into it. Okay, but I didn't realize that it's freaking seven year olds that are into this shit. So I did, I sort of I never understood the Prime thing. I was like, who's buying all this Prime where it's so in demand? It's seven year olds. Okay, so I'm not sure if they're they've got some sort of a Twitch code or what's going on. This guy's a genius. That's when I was watching these seven-year-olds go nuts. I was like, this guy is a genius. He's marketed like a sugary drink to children. Because I thought, who would give a fuck about a sports drink? No one would. It's kids. Okay? It's kids. And then this convenience store guy putting it up to $25. It's like, mate, you just got some middle-class parent coming in here having to fork out $30 for a beverage because you're taking advantage of this situation. You just it was like the grossest side of capitalism ever. Everyone's literally trying to kill each other for this drink just cuz it's got a special label on it and Logan Paul holds it up when he does YouTubes or whatever. It's weird, dude. The whole thing was very bizarre. And I think this convenience store guy should potentially be uh sort of rung up on war crimes or something. Class crimes. Worse than war crimes if you ask me. So even bump it up a bit. Bump it up to 10 bucks. Okay, let's say, you know, they, no one can get the primes. Bump it up to 10 bucks. You're still making a shitload on that. You know, what's the issue? But bumping it up to $25 just because you can, taking advantage of just normal parents who are going to have to fork out for this shit because they're seven year old, won't shut the fuck up about it. You're a dog, mate. Okay. We don't have a segment called Dog of the Week, but that convenience store owner is this week's Dog of the Week. We have Pelican of the Week, though. He is the Pelican of the Week, guys. Okay? This revenue-raising piece of shit, dude. But anyway. All right. I probably got to... God damn it. I always get too into stuff. 
And it's always the wrong stuff. If you take the two topics I've got the most fired up about in the last month of this podcast, um, the first one was the pitch in the third test between Australia and India. And the second one was the price of prime energy drink at a convenience store in Bondi. Is there two issues on planet Earth that mean less than both of those? And they're the things that fire me up. I am a certified clown, okay? I'm wearing face paint next week on this thing, dude. Anyway, next up, I'd like to talk about the Chris Rock, Will Smith thing. I know I spoke about the Oscars briefly last week, but I realized I didn't actually talk about the stand-up comedy. Chris Rock talking about Will Smith. Firstly, it's the last 11 minutes of the special. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's great, okay? If you've got 11 minutes to spare, go and watch it. It's fucking real good. And i tell you what I love about this from Chris Rock is that I love it when people just say the thing, okay? I don't like it when people allude to stuff, dance around stuff. That annoys me. Like He just came out and said, I got slapped by Will Smith. And he goes, he goes, why is Will Smith angry at me? His wife was fucking his son's friend and just starts going in, okay? He doesn't dance around it. You know, it's fine for actors to dance around stuff. It's fine for people in interviews to allude to stuff, but not in stand-up comedy, okay? The point of stand-up is just to say it. And I love that he did. And he made a good point that he never did an interview about it, never went on. He could have made a mozza if he went on to fucking did an Oprah interview or an Ellen interview. Could have made like 20 mil or something. Never snitched, never did anything, just went away, worked on the material, smashed it out, worked on it, Presented it to the world. First ever live stand-ups thing, which was ballsy as fuck. Apparently in the original live stream, he flubs one of the lines and like fully stuffs up the concussion line, but they've replaced it since. And it was just great. He just went in. He covered it from every angle. And he did this thing where he called Will Smith a bitch like 27 times, but he did it from everyone else's perspective. He was like, Charlemagne called you a bitch. And every rapper called you a bitch. And this guy said, you were a fucking loser, bitch. And it's just, it was so funny. And he goes, he goes, I never said shit. And then like, it was just, he went in on every, he pointed out the size difference between him and Will Smith. He said, all these guys called you a bitch. You did nothing about it. The small comedian who did nothing, all of a sudden you're putting hands on people now. And he just went in on every angle of it. And... It was fantastic, dude. He just towed up Will Smith from every angle. I loved it, okay? Because, I mean, why wouldn't you? Why the fuck wouldn't you? And I love that he took his time with it. He did like 12 minutes. You know, he didn't do like a little in and out like, oh, Will Smith, blah, blah, blah. He got in on it. He went back like years ago. And it was like, if I was Will Smith and I was watching this, it wasn't like, ha he got me. It was like, fucking hell, dude. It was like a personal attack. And you could tell Chris Rock hates him. Like it was, it was, there was a lot of vitriol in it and he was fired up and he was angry. And you could tell that it bothers him. And I loved it. I love that he didn't try to be too cool for school about it. I love that he wasn't out there like, yeah, this happened. I'm being funny about it, but who cares? It didn't bother me. He was like, this happened and it bothers me. And I'm fucking angry and I hate this guy. And I used to not hate him. And now I do. And he's a bitch. And it was fucking awesome, dude. Highly recommend it. It was so good. I watched like the first 15 of the special. I will say like, it feels like, I mean, and this is just, this isn't even a, 
a take like i don't know if this is even chris rock's fault but it's like with the cadences and the repeating the premises and the dun, 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 dun. and it's like he has become a caricature of himself but i don't know if that's even like a diss i think that's just what happens when you're like extremely successful at something at the highest level for 25 years you know it's like there are parts of it where it's like, we get it, you're Chris Rock. You don't need to shove the Chris Rock thing down our throat every like two seconds. But how can you be angry at Chris Rock being Chris Rock? You know, that's sort of a dumb comment. So yeah, I'll watch the rest of it. But yeah, highly recommend. Go check it out, dude. It was just fucking phenomenal. I don't know if I was even funny about that, but it was just really good. I just like it when people there's something happened, just talk about, he just went straight into it. He didn't dance around in any way, shape or form. It was really great. Anyway, last but not least, I'd like to do the project for this week. Obviously, Australia has been playing India uh, in two one-day internationals. Um, Unfortunately, I don't recognize one-day internationals as real games of cricket. I believe they're made up. I don't believe they actually happened the first two one day, as I don't believe any one-day internationals have happened for maybe the last five years. So until I see some definitive proof that those games took place, I will not comment on them. Uh, the project for this week, the project is the segment where we celebrate Australian talent, killing it here and abroad. Now, this is something I'm not into at all. F1. This is a send-in. Can't remember who sent it, but thank you. Oscar Piastri. I hope I'm saying that right. This guy is Australian. He's 21 years old in the F1 driving for McLaren. I mean, just that sentence alone. What a fucking guy. This is crazy. Now, I don't know anything about F1. So it's going to be hard for me to sort of uh, traverse the next three and a half minutes or whatever. But I will say, I mean, I question the validity of F1 even being a sport. I, th- I, I think it's an activity for sure. Okay. But as far as driving cars, I, I just, I, I personally have never vibed with it for whatever reason. I think I have too much sex. But anyway, let's put my personal grievances aside and recognize that this guy's 21 and driving in the F1. That's fucking insane, dude. My sister's 21. She doesn't even have her peas. This guy's driving in the F1. So fucking insane stuff. Uh, he won the F3 two years ago, then the F2 at 19 and 20. Uh, he's going all right. From what I read, he's driving the worst car in the league. So I don't know what we have to do to this car. I don't know if you can change your car throughout the season, but from what I've read, this kid's doing a phenomenal job with the worst car in the league, okay? This guy's basically driving around in the F1 in the Mazda Metro and doing okay. So that's pretty impressive. I mean, sometimes I'll fucking, you know, get off the clutch real quick around a corner and throw the throw the back out of the old girl. This guy must be working overtime to be competitive uh, from what I've read about his whip. It's absolutely shameful. So good stuff, Oscar Piastri. I bring this up because the Melbourne Grand Prix is happening the weekend after next. Uh, Same weekend, I'll be doing shows in Melbourne. So, you know, come down and see both of us. What a weekend that is. Oscar Piastri driving in the F1 by day, seeing some of the arts via Billy Darcy at night schooners with both of us afterwards my lord what a weekend okay so good luck to oscar piastri you know australians killing it on the world stage that's what the project's all about so we wish him the best of luck up next we got rowan arneal in the second half 
absolute bants. I will say towards the end, we talk about dwarves for... Mm, it's an amount of time that is probably too long. Okay? So take that with a grain of salt. And apart from that, come to my tour. Melbourne next week, 11 shows. Come on down. Then hitting all the capital cities directly after Melbourne. Uh, you can get all those tickets via the link in my Instagram bio. I would love to see you there. You know, support the podcast in any way you can. And this is really the only way you can. So appreciate it. I uh, hope to see you there. Bup, bup, bup. Thanks for listening. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now. Way too long, way too long. All right, welcome back to the second half of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive. I'm joined by the cutest goddamn surfy I know. <laughs> Sydney comedian Rowan Arneal, or Roz, as he's changed himself in every group chat we're a part of together. El Rozo, brother. El Rozo. What's doing, mate? Pretty good. Halfway through my working week. I'm a Nordic boy now. Oh, you're doing four-day work weeks. I'm doing four 10-hour days. On okay. The, on the stone. On the stone. Basically Swedish on the stone. You're carving stone four days a week. You have access to free healthcare. Dude, you are 100% Norwegian. 100%. How do, what are your thoughts on the four-day work week, mate? Because to the naked eye, you go four days. You think, wow. But the 10-hour days, mate, come clean. When you're like eight and a half hours in, are you like, what the fuck? No, no. That's actually the fine part. You threw it then. But the- they're like 10 till 12. You can get the heebie-jeebies around there. But I used to work longer days anyway, so I'm I'm back. When you say the heebie-jeebies, is that when like you get in that thing where you're like, this is never going to end, dude? Yeah, well, you're just kind of like a bit down on yourself maybe about some of your decisions that led you to be a second-year apprentice at 27. Yep, 100%. This is what I, I would call the heebie-jeebies. That's my version of the heebie-jeebies. Oh, dude, the heebie-jeebies <laughs> are out there. <laughs> and it's weird because they'll just come for you some days and other days they won't. Oh, it, sometimes it just mainly depended on the weather. Yeah, okay. And is this Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday? Yeah, I'm halfway through. Oh, that's nice. A nice little Friday sleep in. Yeah. Wait, oh, wait, no. So, you're... Wait, so you're doing Monday to Thursday? Monday to Thursday, yeah. Uh, see, I would take Wednesday off. Oh, no, nah, let's slam it out. Really? Yeah, yeah. For sure. Fuck that. Don't. As soon as you start breaking, then you get... I don't know. Feels like that's when you get injured, mate, when you start slowing down. That's when you get injured. That's when you get injured. When you're, you're not running at 100% pace, brother. Yeah, right. So, you just want to sprint for four days. Yep, and then recover. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'd almost do the fifth day and just... Not work the 10 hours. I don't know what that says about me, but just 10 hours, like just the fact it's double figures. You can get me for nine and a half easy, mm. but the, ten, the the little bit just to jump on to the 10th. Well, here's the thing I'm not telling my boss is that it is less hours because it's normally work seven till 3.30, seven till three. So, it's only an extra hour and a half each day, which goes up to like six minus lunch break. So, I haven't revealed the maths to him. It was his idea. This reeks of he heard a podcast and was like, yeah, fucking oath. It could, it could definitely, but I support it, brother. I mean, it, yeah, I don't know if I support this, to be honest. I, I don't know oh, if I would- I'm so stoked. Yeah, I would do two and two and then have the Wednesday off in the middle. Yeah, but I don't have a podcast that I need to put up every Wednesday. Yeah, but I'm just saying, even if I didn't have a podcast, maybe I'd go for a walk. Because then you do the Monday, mate. Now I'm thinking, fuck, tomorrow's basically the last day. 
Now I'm working too many weeks compared yeah, to yeah. your one true, true. your one behemoth of a week. That is true. But fucking hell. Three days in a row. A long weekend every weekend. I mean, but what are you going to do with that? That That's in the wrong hands. <laughs> you need you need to be segmented. <laughs> that's, that's in the right hands. No, I don't want to let you get too much momentum. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is a bit of a worry. But um, with the Friday off, mate, by the time we get to Sunday, who knows where you're going to be? I what think- sort of a state you're going to be in? Oh, mate, I'm going to be all health this Friday. Uh, what does your Thursday night look like with no gig and Friday off work? Oh. It's treats. It's <laughs> it's, it's gluttony for sure. Yeah, it's gluttony. It's, yeah, it's yeah, vices. Yeah, it's yeah, the it's, devil himself. Yeah, but because of that, my Friday, it'll just basically be nothing. It'll just be that, but with more mates. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, sometimes me and Macro and Adzi, we will- like if I have the night off and all the boys are home, we will fuck our Friday by having too much fun Thursday. Yeah, yeah. And it is a real thing. Mm. And I, I want to raise awareness for this mm. because sometimes, you know, you can have six beers and a couple of joints on Thursday and be like, wow, that's great. Love it, love it, love it. But then you get to Friday. It's like, what should we do tonight, lads? It's like maybe a few beers and blaze a bit. And, it, and that's when you get the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> and that's when you think, what the fuck am I doing? All of a sudden, I'm trying to get on a fucking open mic in Western <laughs> Sydney just to have any sense of purpose whatsoever. But, mate, obviously, you're a physical man. What, what, what's going on with- uh... Oh, I was telling you about this, actually. Yeah, my, my boss this week, this is pretty good. Before we got to work, it's like 6.30, and he was telling me about how um, he's going he's gonna to start taking testosterone or whatever. He's going to get the- How old is he? Oh, 32. 32. Yeah. Now, this reeks of a Joe Rogan experience. Experience. Yeah, yeah. He has a personal trainer, mate. And he was telling me- was, Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. What's, what's scarier? Okay. If I, if I tell you, right, I'm going to do something to my body. If I tell you I learned it from a podcast or I learned it from a personal trainer, what, what would give you more trepidation? Because I feel like it could go either dude, way. Dude, honestly, all roads <laughs> lead to Rome. The personal trainer is only getting it from a podcast anyway. <laughs> it's all coming from the same person. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. holed up in a compound in Austin, Texas. It's all Rogan, brother. Dude, it's all Rogan, yeah. But I was he didn't even realize I was fucking with him. It was so funny. He was like, Yeah, because of all this shit they put in um the food now and stuff, all our testosterone's dropping now, and I was like, Yeah, and all the fucking woke shit, all the woke shit online. <laughs> Dude, you know what's really killing your testosterone? These goddamn lefties. <laughs> and he just agreed with me, he was like, Yeah, and all this fucking woke shit. And it started going off about woke shit. Dude, every every time so good. every time someone transitions, your testosterone goes down. Yeah, exactly. Where do you think where do you think trans people are getting the extra testosterone, man? Bro, They're been, taking it from you, brother. I've been laughing so hard about just going to go get testosterone and being like, mate, it's just to combat all this work shit out there. Dude, I, I would love to see like a guy who where like um the Greens are elected in his local seat. And he's like, well, that's that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, mate. I'm getting on a cycle. <laughs> What's this renewable shit? I'm, I'm heading to the doctor. I'm on Psalms <laughs> until Liberal gets back in. Dude, I don't know. Like, oh, it's so fucking good. Dude, I love, I love, love, love um, people who aren't professional athletes getting on performance enhancers. It is good, yeah. I was. I thought it'd be so funny to do it as a bit. He was more serious about getting on Psalms. 
and just working. I thought it'd be so funny if I just got shredded and never went to the gym. But um, then he found out he had a fatty liver and he was like, oh, maybe I can't. <laughs> okay. Well, definitely. Um, but I think he's still going to get on them. We're not, we're not too sure yet. But um, it's just, mate, so much money in the world has been made off just the fact that people want to be tired less. Yeah, dude. And are you worried about working with him if, if his performance goes through the roof on these 10-hour days and you have no performance enhancers? Will you be left behind, mate? Do you think you too will lean on the, the medical world? I'm not worried about that. I am a little bit worried about um how this might affect his mood. Oh. <laughs> what the fuck? Perhaps we might have a bit of a tantrum of a man. Yeah. Which is very unbecoming to be a 32-year-old man that suddenly gets back knee and starts screaming at people. But maybe yeah. that won't happen, mate. Yeah, I would just love to have that up my sleeve with my boss. Like, if he like is like, why aren't you working harder? Or like, it's like, well, some of us aren't on steroids, mate. <laughs> yeah. Or he's like having a go at you. It's like, mate, is this you? Or yeah, is this is steroids talking? Is, this isn't my Jason. Mm. It's not. <laughs> Dude, how could you fucking back yourself in any argument with just like this is the heebie-jeebie where you go and like, is this me? Am I this angry? Like. <laughs> Yeah, I um, yeah, I think, I think there's probably a lot of men who might not be able to handle some extra testosterone. I know. I reckon a little bit of estrogen might be nice for them, even. Yeah. Do you think you could handle it? I don't think I could. I don't think I need to. No, no. I I was taking like these like made up fucking suppl- supplements that my old roommate was up. He was just like, mate, I'm. He was just obsessed with hire- making my free. T- Free-floating testosterone higher. So, it's giving me all this stuff called Fedoja and Tonkata Lee or some shit. Oh, I've heard of this stuff. I think I heard about it on Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Chris was juicing me up with Fedoja. Did you feel fucking powerful, mate? Mate, I felt sweaty. That was the main thing. I felt pretty fucking sweaty. You just feel like you've been to Brazilian barbecues. (laughs) I just woke up with like just... The sweatiest balls of my life. And was like, mate, this has got to stop. Dude... Here's the thing. I, I wouldn't want anything that could possibly, like, rev me up. Mm. Like- Mate, I made some bad decisions. <laughs> what, were you two, like- Were you starting businesses? What were you doing? Setting up ABNs? Nothing. Much more frantic. Much more, like- Um, Yeah, just being a fucking certified lover boy. Just being a Drake. Just Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. What, you got emotional? Um. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I-, I Tried to, yeah, I just tried to get a woman to fix my problems. Um, wow. Due to the Fedoja and Tonkato. Well, that's what Chris kept blaming me on it. He's like, mate, don't worry about your actions. You were on an insane amount of Fedoja and Tonkato. And I was like, all right, I'm off the hook then. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I mean, let's not look into the repercussions of that, but. Mate, the repercussions ran long. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> I think I'll think pick it up where you put it yeah, down. I wouldn't do it again. Yeah, wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um. Tonkat Alley. That they should put that on the bag. It's like increased testosterone, but brackets. Yeah. Find the love of your life. Yeah. The, my- the girl next door, this will get you over the line. Okay. Yeah, you might cry in front of someone you don't want to cry in front of. Yeah. <laughs> so welcome to that round. But we're not saying you're gonna get her. We're saying she's gonna know how you feel. 
<laughs> yeah. Dude, dude. She's going to recommend a therapist for you. Dude, <laughs> no one's sucking you off. Yeah, we're not saying you're going to get laid. We're saying you're out of the friend zone. <laughs> yeah. Dude, a bit of, you're in the friend zone. Take a bit of Tomcat Alley, whatever this shit is, and just blast off into either enemy, enemy zone or lover boy zone. Yeah. But you will not be in the friend zone, my friend. Mate, just hearts on the table, mate. I drank too much for Doja. Dude, honestly. Dude, a, a, a drug that just gave you just that push to put your heart on the table. Mate, I on it, it's I even feared like just going straight off weed for the kind of I, I know mates that have stopped had to stop smoking weed and their actions got pretty reprehensible to be honest. What do you mean? Well they just had so much energy, mate. They were getting getting drunk all the time, being hell horny. My mate stopped smoking because he went to Fiji on a holiday and then made like an enormous status about like uh, um, who does Killing in the Name of the song Rage Against the Machine oh yeah he made like an enormous status about Rage Against the Machine and broke down the lyrics because he had been smoking weed non-stop for like seven years and stopped it was deplorable behaviour yeah I don't know about that sort of stuff the thing is when people I'd actually like to stay on the Tonkat Alley if we can yeah no um, worries because it's just such a funny thing, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, we'll get Chris on. I'll call up Chris about Tonkat Alley. I wonder if he, yeah, he was giving me more than I was, than he was taking. That's for sure. Yeah, right. What do you think his motivation was for that sort of behavior, mate? Do you think it's like uh, Amos Gill has that great joke where he's like, old school pill testing, you would just. Give um give one of the dodgy pills to a mate you don't really like and see how he goes. <laughs> yeah, well, he claimed that we were beating depression together. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's such a fucking 1990s way to tackle depression. Just like, we need more testosterone. <laughs> we need- we're not tough enough. <laughs> Rowan, luckily for us, we don't need to go to therapy because there's a lovely herb and root in the Amazon jungle that is going to cure us of everything. And you're just like, well, let's fucking do it. You want to, you want to get less sad? We need to toughen up. <laughs> we need to get hard. Dude, that's fucking hilarious. So funny. What What is a... um Like, I, I feel like with, with all this sort of stuff, like, why don't they just put, like, more explicit side effects on on the fucking bag mm. as far as like um like dexies for instance right mm. i don't know like dexies is adhd medication but like why don't they just put on the fucking thing you might absolutely slaughter your semester two assignment <laughs> in, in, in about three and a half hours <laughs> they should put like they should put a section where it's like these side effects aren't necessarily true or scientifically backed but this might happen yeah this could happen Tomcat alley yeah your testosterone count will be up also, you might really fall in love with the chick next door and have and just have an, such an urge to tell her. You're basically <laughs> running straight through her front door, just beating it down. You might wake up one night at two in the morning and just be covered in sweat and just be like, Chris, this has to stop. This has to fucking yeah. stop. One night you might wake up and be like, this is too much testosterone. <laughs> yeah, so that was I, was, I was on the testosterone during Garbo's. So it's really hard to like factor in what Tonkat Ali was doing and what waking up at three fifty in the morning was doing as well. Yeah, There's- and and just obviously you're working with wild blokes. Yeah, yeah. Having so it's like, yeah. what would motivate you more, Tonkat Ali or a former criminal telling you something 
to do. Former criminal. Mate, we were doing drug drops. <laughs> he was a criminal enterprise. Like an active criminal. <laughs> I'm just going to drive in a French's forest to pick up, pick up a pound. <laughs> I was a criminal. <laughs> I was a criminal's driver. Jesus Christ. You were aiding and abetting. Dude, do you ever think about um, like the stupid stuff you could fuck up your whole life with as far as like- uh, like you were just do- caught up in some sort of a drug situation while, mm. while working as a garbage man. Mm. If you would go to prison because you were involved in that, you'd be like, oh, what the fuck? I'd be such a bummer. Like, um, yes, the other day I was driving and I saw like an attractive woman on the side of the road. Mm. And then I was looking and then I realized as I got closer, she actually wasn't attractive at all. Mm-hmm. And then I looked up and like I almost slammed into this car. And- <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, dude, if you fucking died just then or wrote your car off or something, like, that is just, like, that'd be the end of me. You'd never come back from that. Not because of, like, how dumb it was, just how, like, just the stupidity. How pointless it is. How yeah. pointless it is. Yeah, those are the scariest deaths, I find. The, um, the just the most pointless ones. It's like, yeah, he um thought it'd be funny to have a spa on a bunch of oxies. And you're like, all right, great. That was a, that was worth it. Yeah, yeah, that sort of stuff. Mm. Yeah, mate. I, I would, ha- but also I would hate to be in jail for something that is totally my fault as well. If I could go to jail where I didn't have to think about my actions quite as much. Okay, look, honestly, hold me to this. If I end up in jail, I honestly think I'd, I'd be there like, what? <laughs> like, I would honestly rather be in jail being like, I knew this was a crime. Mm. I committed it. These are the consequences. I think I could live with that. I know that if I end up in prison for something, I probably didn't even know it was a crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm probably like admitting to the police officers. I'm like, I do this every day. <laughs> You're just being like- they're, they're like, you know, this is a federal <laughs> offense. I'm never not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, you just being like in prison, just being like, what? I don't know. I thought it was all pretty bands in court. And now I'm here. <laughs> I thought I was looking at a fine. I thought <laughs> I represented myself. <laughs> Dude, speaking of um, prison and that, um, pol- mate, pol- let's get political. <laughs> well, welcome to Real Time with Billy D and Roz. Finally. Just quickly, mate, you submitted um, a design for potential Roz spin-off merch and you had Roz, but it was inside the square root sign. Ooh. Like that's... the square root of Roz. Oh. And then on the back of the shirt, it said Root King Roz. Oh. I just thought I should let you know. I got the quote back from the guy. It's a little bit exy. We could probably do root king Roz or the square root of Roz, but we probably can't do both. Okay, Billy's doing what I was. Me and him were teaming up on someone doing this weekend, and I I think it's honestly kind of hurtful to do it to me after we were having such a good time doing it to someone else. Well, mate. Anyway, let's leave that there. But yeah. mate, it's state but election how about time. A big triangle, and it's Roz, and then the O in the middle, like the Illuminati, then a Z. Whoa, oh, that's pretty nice. I feel like that doesn't get across enough uh, how much rooting you do. <laughs> that is true. Allegedly. Um, <laughs> I don't even know. You do, you do no rooting. Thank um, you. Thank you. Anyway, bup, 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 state election. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I just voted early today. Oh, nice. Such a great mum moment. Like Saturday, mum was like, like 9 a.m. Saturday, mum was like in our family group chat. Early voting has opened. Like, these are the centers you can go to. <laughs> Make sure you tell them, Darcy has an apostrophe. Your father just went this morning and it took them 20 minutes to find him. <laughs> like, just great, great mothering. 
And um, so I just voted early, mate. And here's the thing. I don't know anything about politics. I'm not engaged politically. Okay, as is my right as someone who lives in the Ivory Tower. But you, you do care about some political things. You oh. care about speed rail. You think that sheathing a condom shouldn't be illegal. Things like that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What? <laughs> you care about some political things. It's true. <laughs> I, I, okay, yeah. Because sheathing, you were talking about it before the podcast is all bans. What, what is she think? What does it mean before I re- re- respond to this? <laughs> it means when you secretly take off the condom. Oh, you secretly consent. take it off. I, I couldn't. I didn't know if you were putting it's it on. It's called a Billy Darcy Saturday night, man. Wow. And I don't stand for it. Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, I didn't know that was a political issue. Okay. Um, which is. <laughs> I mean, my joke on you was like one tenth of severe as that was. I was like, oh, Rose has this dumb merch. And you were like, yeah, Bill. Well, well you're a sexual criminal. So. Don't come at the king, mate. Well, I mean, I think we should fucking. We should have a podcast policy that if you get zinged, you can only respond with something in equal severity because that was. That was not justified at all. Mm. But anyway, mate, state election, plenty going on in this great state. Mm. And like I said, mate, I'm not engaged politically as much as I should be. Yeah. But it, it, you're able to really put the blinders on until you get in front of that voting form and you've got 27 boxes <laughs> and the guy's telling you above the line, below the line, and you're thinking, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? And I felt a little, maybe for the first time, Mm. um, this is, if not the first time, this is the most foolish I've ever felt voting in that I was just like, fuck, I just, at what point do you switch on politically and have, (laughs) have even the slightest clue as what's going on? Because I, um, I don't want to officially endorse anyone, but I ride for Michael Reagan here on the Northern beaches. He's an independent and he's been the mayor for like 15 years Mm -hmm. and he's a legend um, what did he sponsor the cricket club or some no, shit? I, Why is there but, one person you no, like? I'm mates with him. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, but um, <laughs> but yeah. So I or, I knew before I even got to the voting thing, I was going to vote for him. Mm. But then I'm looking at all these other boxes, and I'm like, fucking hell, Bill, you couldn't have just read something. I don't know. <laughs> like, can we get a cliff notes or something? Like, what what's going on here? Like, do you are you politically activated in any way? Do you have any idea what's going on out there, Rowan? Oh, in state politics, no, I don't have much of an idea. I know that neither of them are to be trusted. I well, think they've the both thing, been mate. pretty wildly corrupt for about 50 years. Yeah, well, no one's to be trusted, <laughs> okay? And the fact I trust Michael Reagan, we should, we should maybe trust him least than least of all because <laughs> cause that's how dumb I am. <laughs> yeah, it certainly rubs me the wrong way that you're mates with him. <laughs> I know, it's a personal relationship and I love him and yeah. that's that. But- but, mate, what age do you think you will sort of pop ahead in? Mate, I don't fucking know. I used to care. I used to know a little bit more. Um, but it's just like, I don't know. Maybe it it pisses me off that my parents do know. Like, it frustrates me. Because they'll be like, did you hear? And I'm like, ah, I don't want to just. I live in a nice little world where I don't think about any of these people that have differing opinions to me. Yeah, and here's the thing. I would love it if someone came up with a way. And this is... Mate, my dad, like, oh my... It's unbelievable. Like, he'll, like, tell me something that Peter Dutton did. And I'd be like... And he'll be like, it's bad. Because, and I'm like, I don't care. Well, yeah. Well, we don't We don't have to care. Because, like, we're just living La Vida Loca. 
Yeah, with it's like, just, just bro, the easiest I have life of all time. Seventeen dollars. Yeah, <laughs> I but, do but, not give a shit. But our life is so easy that it's like, what what could even affect it? You know, and that's where I think the ignorance comes from. But here's the thing, mate: is when I try to read about politics, it's so depressing. <laughs> Can we make like a politics news that's not going to sort of take the wind out of your sails? Mm. I, yeah, I like when it's all they expose some major corruption, but it's like I just don't. I just don't think any of them will ever do anything. Then that's kind of a nihilistic way to look at it, I guess. But I don't know. Who can, it's just not that entertaining. It's not that entertaining. It's not that entertaining. If it was more entertaining, I'd be more into it. Q&A. I used to get high and watch Q&A when I was like 17, 18. And it was hilarious. They'd all fight. But now they're all like very media, much more media trained. Yeah. So it's less fun. I used to enjoy the fighting. Dude, I saw Dominic Perrette, the liberal guy. He, his thing. This is such a great swing. If like I, I I tell you what I love I love stuff where it's like I would love to have been in the boardroom for this mm. I would love to have been in the boardroom when this idea was okayed mm. when literal legitimate human beings said this is a good idea D- like conservative Christian politician Dominic Perrette is like in a desperate bid to get young voters I reckon he said he has the occasional vape oh <laughs> rough. <laughs> Seven kids is vaping. He's got seven kids. Like, he's never even bought condoms. Like, you can't tell me he's bought a vape. There's no way. Also, so, like, he doesn't definitely doesn't smoke cigarettes. So, you're telling me this guy is just vaping it up out of nowhere three months before the election, getting, getting into a bit of vaping. Oh, Christ. <laughs> that is not good. I do not like when they try and be more normal. Dude, I... I <laughs> I got to love it. Because <laughs> it's... Cause- I was listening to him on Triple M today and I'm like, damn, he is, he's... He's doing the rounds. He's doing the rounds and he is trying to be sound... He's talking about the West Tigers a bunch. And I'm like, mate, you are a motherfucker. I do not believe you. Dude, how many people... Show me your KO. It's, yeah, how, yeah, that's so true. How many people have... New South Wales uh, politicians specifically. Mm. How many of them have use the working class game of rugby league to endear themselves to the masses. Mm. Dude, like Scott Morrison with the Cronulla Sharks. Bro, he grew up in the East. Yeah. He grew up in Bronte. He and should the be other a Roosters supporter, which is thing- even more deplor- deplorable. Yeah. And the other thing is, mate, like when you would see him, like it's always, it would be Scott Morrison with like, you could tell the Cronulla Sharks hat has just been purchased from Rebel Sport. <laughs> it's like the crispest, freshest Cronulla Sharks hat. And it's like still got the sticker on it. He's like, I love the Sharks. I love them. He used to be so funny because my, like, my roommate would love the Sharks and they'd score. And then we'd be celebrating. And then it would just immediately pan to Scott Morrison's head. And you're like, oh, give it a second, brother. <laughs> Show me Nico Hines. I'm not interested. Dude, it's so good. I love um, one of my favourite things that you probably wouldn't uh, be across because you're not a cricket man. Mm. But this is fucking one of my favourite five minutes of the year is the Prime Minister will traditionally do like a commentary stint Mm. on the Sydney New Year's test. Mm. And it's so funny. Like, it's like all you... Like, if you could just come across as a genuine, like sort of a larrikin type bloke or even just fucking normal, like 10% normal normal. for this 10-minute window... It would be astronomical mm. and like no one can pull it off. <laughs> Albo actually did pretty well this year. Nice, he was like the nice. best we've seen in ages. Like Scott Morrison is like, I lo- like they, they would just say stuff like the best way I can put it is Nikki Glazer has this great joke where she says like models will post on Instagram posing with pizza, but then like 
they'll they'll say a word describing the pizza, but it's not a pizza word. Mm. And they're like, mmm, refreshing. <laughs> That's yeah, like yeah, yeah. politicians talking about like having beers and watching rugby league. They're like, I love going to the rugby league. I love it when they score the points <laughs> and, and run hard. And it's like, no one who likes rugby league would ever say that. <laughs> These aren't rugby league words. Also, it's like, stop trying to think that I want you to be like me. I want you to be much smarter than me. <laughs> I want you to be so much smarter than me. I'm Dude, a fucking dumb cunt, yeah. bro. When me and Rowan are on the hill at Brookie Oval getting blind, do you know what I want from you? Type it away, brother. <laughs> Get the calculator out. <laughs> yeah. Hey, is this affordable? What, what's happening? Yeah, run some fucking data. <laughs> Dude, run some data. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I don't know. Like, why is it... So, like, is it just because they're so rich? Why is it so hard for politicians to appear normal? Because if you could appear normal, mm. fucking hell, dude, the world would be your oyster. I think, well, the problem is to get there, you can't be a normal person. Like, you need to have dedicated. And you have to be, like, a young labor and young liberal people in university. And those people are freaks. Okay, dude, I could totally get into this. Um, do you and- meet any of these young people at university? Oh, yeah. Oh, freaks. Dude, I, the, the way I would most describe it is, firstly, young liberals do something, and this isn't even political at all. This is just something that is just egregious, and mm. they're doing this at, like, 19. Mm. Just bragging. Yeah, yeah. Just bragging, dude. And they got this thing where they're just like, it's like, how are you going? And they're like, oh, man, how's it going? I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And it's like, we're 19. Mm. No one's done anything. Yeah. No one has done anything, dude. Don't give me this fucking LinkedIn profile when I asked you how your day was. Yeah, very LinkedIn. Very, very networky. It's so lame to be like trying to get ahead at 18. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is a bit. Path- yeah, it is. It's like, what? Get ahead of what? Not. You got the bus here, dude. <laughs> they tried to make me start a LinkedIn on my first day of uni as like an exercise. And I was like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want more social media. Oh, my God. <laughs> But, there, yeah, there, there's that quote, and I think it holds up, like the... Uh, I'm going to butcher this. I'm not even going to... Let me attempt this quote. The ambition to be a politician should disqualify you from ever becoming one. Oh, that's a pretty good quote. Or some version of that. Yeah, nice. And I think that's it. Because if you're honestly 19 going, yeah, I should be running everything. Dude, serial killer alert. It's just annoying because they just... the And the... The super and stuff needs to be so good and the pension because it was so corrupt before that. Um, what do you mean? Like they make so much money because when they didn't make heaps of money, they just got so many handshakes. Yeah. And it fucked everything. So now they have like a crazy pension and stuff. Oh, but, the pension is insane. But it also disqualifies them from like- Because like they all on average own like five investment properties. So it's very hard for them to be for me to be like, do you think one of them will change the market in any way so any of my friends yeah. could buy property? So yeah. it's like hard to trust these like just people that are in the most secure and rich job in Australia. Yeah, they're yeah, exactly. And mate, here's the thing where I do feel a bit conflicted on this because hate politicians, just sort of on principle. Mm. And like I said, haven't really looked into it. So just take that as you will. Mm. What I do love, backdoor deals. 
<laughs> Dude, I love a fucking round the back handshake. Yeah, but it's like it's so fucked. But like maybe not you on the have ho- dodgy construction deals. I know, but like I'm saying backdoor like I love backdoor deals. Yeah, but you love that you got to steal stuff from Coles because you let someone off with the parking. You love those sort of I, of I love deals. working class backdoor yeah, deals. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, not- I gave the guy at Woolies free parking and he <laughs> let me just walk out with whatever I wanted. Exactly. That's a perfect backdoor Dude, deal. This is a fucking great backdoor deal because I tell you what powered up this backdoor deal is the greeter at Woolies who I was um, involved with mm. he was an old pommy guy with like um, faded gang tattoos you know nice. those yeah, yeah 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 so that's the sort of bloke he you know he yeah, loves yeah, a backdoor deal yeah exactly and then so he would do this thing where I would go and go in and get my lunch and he would be like sir I think you'll find there's less of a queue at the customer service desk and then he would just walk me out the front and say catch you later Bill <laughs> perfect that's the perfect backdoor deal dude that guy that that's great mm. Yeah. So I do understand the backdoor deal, mm-hmm. and I'm not opposed. Mm. But here's the thing: uh, that backdoor deal, me having uh, sort of two bananas and a ham, ham and cheese croissant, mm. or something of that ilk, uh, maybe some sushi. Uh, that's not at the expense of my fellow taxpayer. <laughs> it's not. It's it's at the expense of Woolworths, which we don't really care about. Take it out of the tax; they're not paying, dude. Yeah, fine. But anyway, yeah. What was the point of that? Oh, the state elections on. Oh yeah, why do we bring up politics? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Whoa, dude, so funny. The last election, not state, but I was like, because the voting place was across the road. I was like, oh, come vote. And he's like, nah, I don't vote. It's unethical. I don't know anything about it. And I'm like, well, they, you gotta just go write your name down because they'll um find you. And he's like, nah, I don't think I've ever voted, so I don't think they find me. And I was like. All right, yeah, no worries. Walked across the road, came back two weeks later, just got a fine in the mail for him. I'm like, yeah, there we go. What? Yeah, mate. Well, <laughs> I'm lo- like, well, could you just do a second vote for me? That'd be nice. Dude, I love that attitude of being like, yeah, no, the law that applies to everyone else in this country doesn't apply to me. Don't think so, mate. <laughs> I'm like, I don't Sorry, think- mate. It's me, Jammo. <laughs> yeah, Chris just smoking the fattest joint, just being like, nah, mate, nah, never been fined. I think it's all good. Dude. <laughs> I'm like, you haven't thought about this for a second. You've just lied to me instinctively. Dude, what about this? This is a hot take. I actually like that you have to vote. Me too. I, I like it as well. Here's the thing. Like, for perfect example, today I'm looking at this ballot sheet going- what the fuck does any of this mean? Mm. And now I'm talking to you about politics. <laughs> yeah. This is the most engaged I've been in the in the last two years or whatever. Yeah, I think it's great. Mate, if you didn't have to vote, I honestly, and like this is probably God's honest truth. I'm thinking if there was any elections that caught my eye, I reckon I would have never voted in my life by now. I reckon you might have voted post in the last one, post Scott Morrison and bushfires. I reckon Billy Darcy could have got up to the voting booth. Yeah, you could, may, or maybe when Abbott was in, I don't know. Because yeah, I, I am interested. Yeah, yeah. in the idea of it. <laughs> yeah, just not the nuts and bolts, mate. Honestly, which is me too. I just want the crazy stories, dude. Honestly, I want a vibe check. Yeah, I want to co- Christopher I- Pine having kind of little gay orgies within Parliament House as a laugh. Um, that's fun. That's dude. politics. That's what I like to call politics. That's what with I like a capital to call- P. That's what I like to call politics. Dude, Barnaby Joyce having a second family and just walking through it. That, that's what I love. That's that's nice. Dude, you want to talk about a guy. You know how they say like, oh, um, who are they talking? I was listening to some podcast. They were talking about some comedian. They were like, he's uncancelable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is like, oh, it was Doug Stanhope, actually. Oh, yeah. Can, and- people, can people shut the fuck up for a second? 
about you cancel are. culture. Dude, dude. As a man that likes to listen to a podcast at work, I swear to God, if I have to hear the word cancel culture one more time. Dude, American blokes are obsessed with it. Obsessed. And they all make like dentist money. I'm like, can everyone just shut the fuck up? Dude, I tell you what, if you don't have a Twitter account, you, do, you don't care about cancel culture. You don't care in the slightest. I, I deleted my Twitter and it's just great. <laughs> I'm not interested. Dude, Twitter fucking sucks. Oh, it's terrible. And like, I loved it. I used to love tweeting. But then I realized, I was like, oh, to get traction on this platform, you have to tweet like six times a day. Oh, bro. Dude, I'm having maybe three thoughts a week that are worth sharing. I've none, yeah. Six a day? And then it's like, oh, all these other comedians are having six, seven, eight tweets a day. And then it's like, what? I would not have verbalized even one of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you uh, work as a receptionist. Yeah. So, how's that? Dude, I saw one guy. T- ten year, a decade of tweeting going. <laughs> yeah. How's the decade going? Dude, I saw one guy bombed at three open mics three nights in a row. And then one day I turned on and he was up to his ninth tweet of the day. And I thought, that'll fucking do me. That'll okay, Because I've seen real people don't enjoy what he has to say. <laughs> so, why would these virtual people give a fuck? Dude, Instagram's killing me as well. They're all killing me. You, you barely participate in social media. Yeah, but-, but What I, is the burden? Oh, not the- I wish I, I should- I would need to be more active and urgent for sure. <laughs> Dude, I got to say, active and urgent, you fell off. I fell off so hard. Do you think you got too arrogant after the big TikTok boom? Mate, I hit too hard the first time and then I was like, mate, this is going to be, what, three weeks? And then I'll be on an ad. Um, yeah. But then it's like, you just can't be- I just don't- I just- After you don't do it one week, you just don't think about it. Yeah, I think after that 60K view on TikTok, mate, I saw a draft lineup for the Clavelli Hotel and your name was there in pencil. And then after you failed to be continue being active and urgent, it was rubbed out. Oh, Will Giff said, no, 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 no. He needs to be more TikTok-y. You weren't active and urgent enough. Yeah, I wasn't active and urgent. But when I'm not posting, very often I'm just kind of glued to reels. Oh, yeah. Dude, I was watching... Dude, and I just get obsessed with people that I just find like just interesting well not interesting at all just kind of like disgust like weird just like why you do it there's this woman that just videos she says making leftover lunch for my working for my blue collar husband and then she just puts like chicken alfredo in like a, a little lunchbox and I'll just go through the next one I go to and just the f- making for my blue collar husband, and I'm like, who? Why is she doing this? And why is she so popular, dude? Honestly, it's because I think, like, because I, I love that sort of stuff as well. Like, I love people, and here's the thing, and I love it because I can't do it. Yeah, is that I love people who will just post a video on social media and be like, hey guys, this is what I'm up to, mm. and then they talk about what they're up to, and then they just post it, and it's like. It's like, where's the agenda? I, Where is your agenda? She has like 100K followers. And I'm like, I just watch Americans eating disgusting food constantly, just like covering something in cheese. And oh, I chicken. love those videos. Yeah. You're just like, what is going on? Dude, all those videos are just like a variation of like, get some meat, get some cheese, yeah. get some other shit. Bake it for 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> put a layer of carbs and then put shredded chicken. Dude, like that when they like hollow out a jalapeno and then it's like bacon, like <laughs> fucking scotch fillet steak they've minced and then cheese. And it's like, dude, Mate. here's the thing. Even I could cook that and it would taste good. 
Yeah, well, if it's... you just melt cheese over protein and carbs, mm. you will have a good time. But you forgot they have the garlic powder and then the Mexican rub powder. Oh, which yeah. Is nice. And then you, you got know... the salt and pepper and cayenne pepper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all very exciting. And I was watching this this dwarf just talk every day. is like, this is my day. I chose my outfit. I made some lunch. Dude, I... there's a dwarf guy on TikTok. He's Australian. Oh, this is and an he's American like, dwarf. Oh, really? There's, so, there's more than one of them on TikTok. Oh, there's hundreds of them, bro. Would you say it's a dwarf e- epidemic on TikTok? M- mate, on my <laughs> feed, that's the fucking thing. And would, would you say- <laughs> I'm waiting for a charismatic one. <laughs> Dude, I'm, watch- I'm watching some of the biggest losers to ever walk the earth being like, why is this popular? Dude- Here's the thing, I'm, mate, I'm glad you brought this up because it is getting crazy with the dwarves on social media. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that we found ourselves in the same place. <laughs> Dude, do you, th- I don't know what's going on out there. Like, to be honest, I'm not seeing that many on it's mine. The, it's the bleed on from like Wee Man was popular like 12 years ago. Yeah. And here's the thing, mate, is I defy anyone out there, you know, whatever you may be, if you're on Instagram real swiping away and a dwarf comes up, you, your thumb is going to falter for a second. Yeah, mate, yeah, mate, exactly. mate, no one just swipes on a dwarf straight away. Yeah, there's You've been got so, a hold. There's been so much good content in the world before in this category. Oh, my God. You're like, oh, my God, this could be nuts. Dude, there was a point, I want to say, from 2004 to maybe 2008... Where dwarf cameos in comedy were just nothing but bangers. Like a dwarf had not missed for half a decade. Yeah. yeah. Do you think they felt a lot of pressure at, at sort of the peak? When mm. like when when dwarves were just in the pocket. Dude, the two thousands were just nuts for dwarves everywhere, I think. Well, here's the thing, mate. And so now we're seeing the back of that because mm. what goes up must come down. Exactly. Rome was one of the once the mightiest empire. <laughs> yeah. And that's dwarves two thousand three to two thousand ten. That is true. In Judd Apatow's various rom-coms. <laughs> so, yeah. and now, so we're seeing the response to that. And it's the response is dwarves on TikTok. Mm. They're out there. What are they doing, mate? Um, this one's just going to his classes every day on, on, a, on a mini um, segue. Dude, honestly. <laughs> one that I've got engaged in isn't doing much for that. And he likes cooking chicken breasts. And then there's this open mic comedian dwarf from... Um, LA that I got into and then his like wife does like comedy and he posts that as well and she's just started and she's mainly just doing dwarf jokes but about her husband and then she's like talking about how she supports him and he doesn't make any money I'm definitely just going to cut that bit I think okay yeah (laughs) (laughs) I think we're riding the line pretty hard with dwarfs right yeah 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 I've enjoyed it though. Yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> get down in the mud. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, should we talk about bucketies? Oh yeah, we'll finish on this as well. Yeah. Um, okay. So. <laughs> okay. So. There's this brewery on the northern beaches, and there's the the guy there thinks he's like a celebrity. Mm-hmm. The guy who owns the brewery mm-hmm. He's this old guy with this beard, and. You know, he's very uh, charismatic. He's always jumping on stage at the bands. He does the door. Bit of a local legend. For just but, catching the listener up. It, but it, they've manufactured a local legend, though. They've manufactured a lot of he's, he's got an enormous beard, so that kind of helps you being a bit of a thing. And then, and yeah, and, and to be honest, never had an issue with this guy. He's really friendly. I still don't have an issue with him. 
Like I don't oh. actually, but like he's he's very friendly, very charismatic. Got this great brewery, clearly minted. He's living La Vida Loca, and then I go into this brewery, and there was a twenty meter high <laughs> m- mural mm. of him that he has commissioned of himself in the beer garden. Well, it's his the son in law's business, um, but I think I have a sneaking suspicion that there might have been a bit of a seed loan from the old man, which we love to see. Sure. But then, and then, so it's a 20 meter high mural that he's commissioned of himself in his own pub. Let's put that to the side, <laughs> which we, we addressed on the pub. We thought that was maybe a bit on the nose. Bit on the nose. Bit on the nose. Then the other day, I see a post on Instagram that says, do you want to win a signed photo of this man? And it's, it's Mr. Buckety or whatever his name is. Yeah, it's the old cunt. Yeah, so that's going to be sick. <laughs> I saw it said, like, tag a mate below. There was two comments. <laughs> Dude, people don't care about celebrity signatures anymore. I know. I mean- That used to be something people cared about. Dude, honestly, why would you- People wanted signatures before you could just get a photo. Yeah, exactly. Now the photo is the signature. Mm. And here's the thing is, no one wants, like, um, your headshot anymore. You know how celebrities used to, like, sign a headshot mm. or sign a fucking thing? Everyone just wants a photo. Yeah. They want. I want to be in the photo with you. Mm. You know what I mean? And I, I'm sure I could secure a, a photo with, with the old fella whenever it suited me. Mate, I'm sure enough people have. Oh, I'm sure they have. In fact, I don't think anyone would have. Fucking hell. I Last time I was there, he, mate, he's, he's nothing but bad news in my life. <laughs> when, when he comes lumbering over, I'm like, all right, he kicked us out. He's kicked oh, us out. Oh, okay. So, here's the agenda. Here's the personal- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't even say anything rude about him because I was so rude to him last time I saw him. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. You're just a fucking rat bag, mate. <laughs> I, was being- I wasn't the one that got kicked out. Eddie was getting sleepy. Um, you surfy boys get so sleepy on the piss. Oh, so sleepy. It's all the fucking cones <laughs> in the daytime. Um, and then I just walk- Eddie's kind of like arguing with this dude. And then the young dude- Clearly didn't know or threatened him, but Eddie's Eddie's an old older man. He knows that you can't threaten people as a secchi these days. So he's like, "Mate, you can't fucking threaten me. You can't fucking threaten me." And then the guy's acting like he's like, "Oh, just go do some more lines, bro." And then he wasn't the like, old guy saying this. No, no, the young guy. Oh right, yeah, this makes more sense. Um, and then Casey just goes all fucking <laughs> working class girl and goes, do not say that about my boyfriend. Oh, you are disrespecting him. Love it. Love I'm, it. That's all kind of kicking off. I just take that time to turn around to the old man and go, hey, by the way, I think you're a complete fucking loser. <laughs> Mate, I don't want to start a personal beef with this guy. But but I think to, to be a not celebrity... And to post a competition saying, win a signed photo of me <laughs> on, on the Instagram account you control. Mate, that- It's mu- unbelievable. The mural <laughs> that night just set me off. I was like, dude, this is out of this world. Do you know what it feels like? It feels like you're like, we're in like Star Wars and it's like the Empire. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, it's like at, at 5 p.m. they play a song. You'll have to face the mural and bow. <laughs> is this the least charismatic cult leader? <laughs> it's- Oh, dude. Oh. Anyway, long live the old fella. Of course, he will not. Of course, but- He'll, well, true, he's making his mark on the world before he goes yeah. out. That's what we all fear death, mate. We all fear it. Dude, this <laughs> guy- mighty grip. Got to fund a brewery and put your face up there, mate. I was about to say, dude, some of this behavior is this guy, he's, he's scared. He is scared. Yeah. He is a little bit scared. And do you know what? 
I'd be scared too. Actually, now I've kind of warmed to him. Now I've thought about that. Now I'm that, coming around. <laughs> the, 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 the final chapter now, is just like create a legacy in a shitty alcoholic area. But also, now I'm thinking, are these the acts of an arrogant man or a fearful man? Mm. Now I'm thinking he needs our, our support. I don't think he'll welcome me back into his life. You've burned the bridge. I, I'll be keeping a low profile. Yeah. Right there I've, I've still got a lifeline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Praying none of my friends have a birthday there this year. But anyway. Um, bu, 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 old heard, man. Um, every builder on the Northern Beaches loves to talk about how Brookvale's going to be the new Marrickville. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally not. It's just not going to be that. I will say this about Brookvale as far as the breweries is that the beers, yeah, they're good. They're tasty. Mm. Let's sort out the decor, lads. Like, what's going on at some of these places? I I will say with breweries, I personally get zero thrill or value or enjoyment from sitting next to the fucking vats and being like, this is where the beer comes from. I understand. <laughs> so true, Billy. I, I understand <laughs> that beer comes from breweries. Mm-hmm. I just want to drink it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't understand, like, the, the, the thing of, like, going to breweries Mate, at all really i would also love because you get tax less on on shit alcohol if you make it in-house compared to the taxes you pay on say buying kegs of new or vb or whatever i would like one brewery in australia to pass some of that <laughs> profit onto me a little bit yeah i'm about to say 14 dollars <laughs> a pint yeah it's like well you're making it here surely there needs to be some reduction and i'll go to the brewery like i enjoy going to the brewery but yeah. i don't like like let's let's just try and if you're gonna open the brewery and have it as like a fucking venue just try and make the venue sick don't incorporate the vats mm. and have like in we get it industrial benches and chairs next to vats oh it's a brewery we're in a fucking warehouse but it's just it, i get it the acoustics of a warehouse are oh, shit that is the thing as well yeah. sound just bounces bro and then they're and then blasting tunes blasting tunes and then it's like people like taking their kids to breweries as well yeah. So it's that combined. And then yeah. you throw in a horny Billy Darcy and it's just like, this is just a it's- weird situation. Yeah. I don't like all this in one place. Wow. I like Billy in the pub, separated <laughs> with some nice acoustics where women can hear him talk. Okay. You made a good B. point because that is the thing is that I'm 28 now. A lot of my friends are in loving monogamous relationships. They love breweries. Yeah, exactly. There's kids running around. They're getting Mm. clucky. They're clucky as hell. Dude, single people don't belong in breweries. Mm. And that's where there's a bit of a disconnect. Yeah. I will say, as far as going to a brewery and just having like, you know, four pints of like 7% beer. I like that. I enjoy that. I enjoy That's something that. I enjoy. That is something that is up my alley that for would, sure. That would be fucking neck and neck with dwarves on TikTok for me. If we could combine those two. <laughs> oh my God. Holy Turn Christ. the microphones <laughs> off. This is a million dollar idea. <laughs> those are a few of our favorite things. Oh, was there a spider? Yeah, it's a big old huntsman. Nice. All right. I'm actually not so bad with spiders now that I've been landscaping for a bit. Can yeah. You, can you kill that, do you think? Oh, it's kind of scaring away now. I see it. Anyway, all right. Well, that's that's enough podcasting for me and Rowan. And if if any of this hour 10, if this, if this doesn't come out as 35 minutes, I'll fucking eat my hat. But right. anyway. In about half an hour, I'll be asking Husey the same question I asked him like two weeks ago, which is... Is Charlie Pickering that warm and friendly in person? And I look forward to the answer. Yes.